This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 389 for the week of October 11th, 2015. What is up, everyone? Welcome back again to Kanzenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzenshu Super. That's right, Super EX plus Turbo Alpha. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of Championship Edition. Heath, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. That's great. My name because is Because I'm not sick. Vegito EX, and I got something. So this is kind of like my last hurrah. Can I get a podcast episode? out before I decide that I can no longer speak. So here we are. It's been another couple weeks in between episodes. It's a combination of everyone's busy and Dragon Ball Super is the news, is the content. How do we want to approach things? Everything's on the back burner, yet we're slaving over everything at the same time. I don't even know what's going on. There's Resurrection F. There's toys. Super big Gohan toys. (laughs) Are you talking about the gigantic series? I am, and I really want to get that. It's really nice looking, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. I have a Goku about that size, so... I'm debating. Dude, Dragon Ball Super, like I said, that is the thing. We're actually talking about it this week. We've had a lot of people ask us, and I'm kind of going to read between the lines. What I think a lot of people actually want us to do is just confirm what they already think about the animation quality of Dragon Ball Super, which is something that I'm not entirely interested in doing. I'll admit, I mean, I think it's a discussion worth having at some point, but it's very hard to have one over this type of format. It is. Just because the best way to do comparisons is with images. Right. And that's, it's very much that's, a visual thing. We could make a guide and then I we would just be reading it. Which is something we may do at some point. I also really feel like I don't want to contribute to what's going on where everyone thinks they're an expert on it and everyone's got an opinion and everyone's yes. scrubbing through HD footage perhaps for their first time with Dragon Ball. It's just, it's really weird. And I know our buddy Joe... Tanuki, he goes through and he pulls out a lot of shots all the time. Mostly because he just he thinks they're funny, but he has an idea of what's going on. Right. He's very self-aware about what he's doing. I'm not entirely sure that other people even know what an in-between animation frame is. No, I, I don't either. You can go through anything that is traditionally animated even nowadays digitally that has in-between footage. You can find shots like that in anything i don't care what it is you can go find a disney movie they'll have really awkward looking shots because it's meant to be seen in motion not oh someone's just going to stare at this on a screen it was never meant to be viewed that way (laughs) and that's i think where the misconceptions kind of coming from we we do have other things as far as motion some of the episodes have looked really nice in motion that being said i'm gonna keep going i'm just gonna keep talking no i'm done This is not the subject I wanted to talk about. Right. I agree. I agree. So I wanted to at least acknowledge it. Uh, Multiple people have asked for that. Episode five was terrible. Everyone knows it. We know. I don't think there's much debate to be had. And unfortunately, something I've been quoted on a bit out of context, I think the problem with episode five was the echo chamber that everyone lived in for that six day period in between the next episode, which amped everything bad up to ridiculous levels but anyway so we're not talking about animation heath what are we talking about this week subject for another day today instead we will be dissecting the beautiful and wonderful shortened version of the anime dragon ball super manga that's right toyotaro working on i guess this would be his third v-jump manga Adaptation, Which is insane, really, when you think about it. I know. It's something, uh, I guess we can have this short little conversation before a topic. We do have a couple news stories. We'll hit those up. Then our topic will be the super manga. I wanted to pick your brain real quick. Uh, the first new artist we got kind of this last decade was actually Naho Oishi with the mm-hmm. Jump Super Anime Tour uh, manga adaptation. Then we got things like Episode of Bartok, Dragon Ball SD. Do you feel like Toyotaro has stolen the spotlight from the first person? Honestly, I do, but I don't know if it's entirely because he is far, far superior or anything like that. I think it's more, it's Dragon Ball SD versus something that's actually running in V-Jump, and not a whole lot of people are reading SD in Psycho Jump. Well, Psycho Jump now over to every other month. Yeah, do you think it was so- kind of just a matter of circumstance where Oishi got committed 
to doing SD, even I though do. she'd already done things like episode of Bardock. You think it was just, well, we got to have Toyotaro doing V-Jump stuff, and he just kind of fell into what he's been doing? I think for the most part, I very much do. I, y- you feel kind of bad for her in a way, but she seems so tied to that wagon that they don't seem to want to let her go. And at the same time, now that it's bi-monthly, I mean, she's got to have a lot of time to kill. Yeah, what do you think Oishi is doing? I mean, she probably had a lot of stuff already done. All right, so the, the Oishi versus Toyotaro discussion, a good one. I think we had most of that conversation just here. I, we do have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to cover. So I think um, I'll end it with for each artist, they have their own flaws, you know, mm, per yeah. their art style. And we'll um, talk about art in a little bit. And yeah. uh, I think that's the one most interesting comparison. So we're focusing on the Dragon Ball Super manga for a couple of reasons this week. One is, well, the Battle of God's arc has concluded there. So we kind of have this short little hole that we can talk about. Which is weird because it's actually concluded in both places kind of at the same Almost time. Almost at the same time, yeah. Though yeah. ahead of each other, but at the same time, very weird. One took 14 episodes and one took four chapters. Four chapters, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the, the lead in is the news about what is going on with the Dragon Ball Super manga. So let's do some news right now. We'll start things off with the obligatory video game news. Dragon Ball Heroes is celebrating its fifth anniversary. Heath, can you believe Dragon Ball Heroes? I mean, for our own reasons, I think we all kind of very well remember the debut, pre-debut um, of Dragon Ball Heroes. Yeah, I remember a lot of phone calls being had. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. But Dragon Ball Heroes, five years old now. Again, I feel like we say this every year with every anniversary. I think it surprised not just us, but Bandai Namco at the same time. I think it it really sneaks up on people. It's weird because, yeah, it's the fifth anniversary. But then I remember that and I think back, God, I feel like it's been around for like a decade. It does. It feels older yet younger at the same yeah. time. It's, it's the evergreen thing for Dragon Ball right now. No matter what's going on, Dragon Ball Heroes is the constant. So... Well, uh, when you keep having new series and movies and different people, can just yeah, and then from. you're like, hey, let's just bring everybody back from hell and we can start all over again. Bring everyone back from hell. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes, Dragon Ball Heroes moving into a new story arc, bringing everyone back from hell. Uh, their fifth anniversary, the, kind of, the big celebration was a live stream. We had Masako Nozawa. We had Ryo Horikawa. Comments from Toriyama. Comments from Toriyama. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people watch the stream and this is the thing we're good at. We have Jake and we have Julian. We can say, hey, watch this three-hour video. Pull things out for us. So there was actually a quote from Toriyama during the stream which we do have translated up on uh, the homepage in this news post. But uh, I think the big announcements here that we're moving into the Assault on the Hellgate arc, which Jake described as basically DBC Movie 12 or Dragon Ball GT. Everyone's coming out of hell. They got to fight. They got to go into hell and save hell. It's Dragon Ball. Heath, I mean, the big thing is AF is real. End times are here. Totally is. Gohan, Super Saiyan 4. Here we go. I mean, Broly was one thing, but the, the, that we're now with that iconic Studio Tomita image. I think it would be hilarious if they went and talked to Toyotaro and they're like, hey, uh, could you do a little something for us? I forget where the comment was. I want to say it was maybe on the Facebook page. I, I'm so sorry. I'm stealing this, but it would be wonderful if Gohan kind of took off his glasses and was holding that book from book. that image. <laughs> Although it would that have would to say be. Muzukashi Hone just to kind of pull everything together into one. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what else there is to say because we've already had Super Saiyan 4 Broly and Super Saiyan 4 Golden Eight. Great Ape. Broly. Yeah. Yeah. And he's green, the coolest thing ever. What can we say? I mean, Heroes is mining new and old and everything that we joked about. And I love it. I'm totally into the things. I I don't know. It's probably because I've gotten older. But the more they do things and people's panties get in a wad, I'm like, I'm all for this. I really do feel like the more absurd they get, the more I like it. So I know. Super Saiyan 4 Gohan actually doesn't surprise me as much as like Great Ape Golden Broly. Well, and I think that's part of it is we've lost that effect. Yeah. Of when they come out with something, it's like, yeah, 
I totally kind of expected that. Right. So I guess part of the different thing here was Toa zapping Super 17 with number 18 to get a new form there. Um, the new forms, the new absorptions. That's been a big thing with Dragon Ball Heroes. I mean, you think back to, I can never remember if it's Baby Janemba or Janemba Baby. I forget which order it is because oh, yeah. I remember we got it wrong the first time. I think it's uh, Janemba Baby. These absorptions have been a thing. Uh, I kind of like that and I hope they go more down that route. They're going to start doing more fusions. So I don't know how much more I want to go into in it's Dragon Ball Heroes. It's new stuff. You can check it all out. There's a th- it's three hours. Not really three hours, but I think my favorite part of the whole thing is Masako Nozawa was just like, oh, I know what this is. I see kids playing it. I don't know how to do it or how it works. <laughs> right. And it's like it just it's one of those comments that reminds you of how old she actually is. Well, and how young the kids are. That exactly. Are it. And that's There's... what we've been talking about. Dragon Ball Heroes, this is how the franchise owners are getting the kids. Uh, they mm-hmm. say they're going to try and do it through the TV series, but we know that Bandai Namco, they're the ones who hit the gold mine. They're doing who watches the game. TV anymore anyway? Right. All right, we got to move on. One more bit of game news, and that is in Japan, kind of surprised out of nowhere last week, Extreme Butoden, which has been out for a few months now, got a new patch, a 1.1 patch. Woohoo! Adding new Z assist characters, so no real truly playable characters, but we did get uh, four new Z assists. Which are awesome. Well, actually five. One was a button press code. So as part of the patch, you automatically got Mira and Toa. Great to see them kind of cross over from everything Mm -hmm. else they've been in lately. But then the two great additions, Goku on a tractor from the first episode of Dragon Ball Super. (laughs) He just drives in and slams into your opponent. And then Vegeta... Bingo from Battle of Gods. Great additions there. Um, and then an extra one unlocked uh, via button press code on the title screen, similar to lots of other Z assists. Trinidin, policeman. He uh, zooms in on his hover bike and slams into the opponent while slamming into opponents with Z assists. I think it, that's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to take somebody out, you might as well just drive into them. And then if you can pull out the handcuffs and take them down. Yeah, it doesn't go that far. <laughs> no. <laughs> a little we are starts playing. Right. Like, what, what is this cross-reference? That would be cute. Uh, so we've reached out to Bandai Namco, uh, North American branch, to see, are there any plans for this patch? Will it be available? Maybe even at launch? Haven't heard back yet. Um, they may have, as I generally suspect, they're probably as taken uh, aback as we are that this thing exists. They may not have even known about it until the, the day it came out. So uh, we'll keep you apprised of whether or not that's going to hit the international release, which is uh, next week, a couple days in Europe. By the time you listen to this, depending on how fast I edit it, may actually be out in Europe. I think that's the 16th. Uh, and then North America's the 20th. And then Brazil's like the 23rd, something like that. So over the course of the next week, I know we haven't talked about the game in a while. I've been silently just plugging away. I've been playing more Extreme Potota and then Dokkan Battle. I kind of forgot that Dokkan Battle existed and came I, out. I did too. I get um, little notifications every once in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is off. a thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I totally forgot I had that. Speaking of quiet success, Dokkan Battle seems to be the thing that everyone's really playing. So I, I yeah. got to get back over to that. Um, all right. Let's start our transition over to Dragon Ball Super material. We have some interesting news. Um, let's sandwich everything with the, I don't know, sad, unexpected, but kind of expected news. Heath, we did get a temporary voice replacement going on right now. What has the situation been? So, yes, uh, sadly, you know, things happen, and it's something that we actually speculated on before Dragon Ball Super even started. Joji Yanami has had some various health issues recently. We've noticed um, kind of a lack of his involvement in things, but they announced Dragon Ball Super. They said Yanami is coming back to reprise his role as Kaio and the narrator. Kind of got a little mixed reviews at the beginning, and we were really sad to hear that his health, uh, we're not really sure exactly what it is that's it's happening. Japan, but Japan, you don't get yeah, details. Um, his health has kind of taken a turn for the worse. Uh, I believe he went to the hospital, and that's about as much as we know. He's resting, recuperating, and uh, Naoki Tatsuta has taken over as the narrator. Um, so far, he has not voiced Kaio yet. Um, in the first episode that Tatsuta took over, they actually had Yanami voicing Kaio. So they probably already had that recorded. Yeah. Now, I- I'll admit I am the worst Dragon Ball fan. I'm a couple episodes behind on Super. I haven't been around. And You're then- not the only one. <laughs> 
And then it's just has fallen off my radars. I've been trying to work on other mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, believe it or not, Konzenshu is not completely up to date. He was announced to take over both the roles of Kaio and the narrator, though, right? So at some point, Correct. He probably did step in there. And yeah, we probably it's just uh, it. yeah, Kaio hasn't popped in yet. Hasn't been around. OK, yeah. Um, it looks like this next episode uh, 15 or 16, even Goku is going to be going to his planet. So that'll be our our first chance to really hear him take on the role of Kaio and a lot of people have been speculating what is it going to sound like um because you always run into the issue is the new voice actor going to try to mimic the old or are they gonna just adapt it to themselves it'll be an interesting take we uh we've kind of seen this in in Funimation stub itself so has Kaio really not been there in the last couple super episodes again I'm out of it no. but it sounds like maybe um, more too but oh no I'm I'm totally in it I haven't watched this last week's episode we're okay. still working on the page but i'm up to date i'm one i want to say few. that someone commented i've seen comments on his voice as kaio so we'll, we'll have to, to take a take a look we will um, catch up yeah sorry we've been behind it happens <laughs> life is crazy right now so that's the situation of course we wish him the best and we're mm-hmm. yeah, i take it as it comes honestly would be surprised if he came back i went to at this point um, yeah just the way it sounds. I know they left it very open ended of they're they're gonna take it by ear sort of thing, but right. I, I would be surprised. All right, let's move on. Um, real brief, we got some upcoming episode titles. We kind of knew where everything was heading from some brief descriptions, but we're wrapping up the Battle of Gods arc. We're gonna have some interstitial stuff and then we're heading into Frieza territory, right? You betcha. It's it's gonna be interesting. This is the part I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Is I agree. How are they going to do this transition? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because really they could make this as long as they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> to get to Frieza, they, they could. Um, what's probably the most interesting thing about the situation is that the movie finally came out in Japan. It came out, I believe, yeah. October seventh. So now that we're wrapping up the Battle of Gods arc, we're pretty much transitioning right into the material that they just released the original movie version of. That's super weird. It's very Excuse weird, especially when when you think. Battle of Gods has been out for so long. Right, right. It feels like that. Yeah, it could be interesting to see how that kind of plays into it. Um, and I think that's why people were so tired of that material. Is the movie's been out for I a know. while, then we got the extended edition, uh, international releases delayed and kept and its I, interest going for so long. I can completely understand where those people are coming from because I've seen a lot of comments of, well, somebody just let me know right, when, wake me up when Battle of Gods yeah. is over. I've seen this before. I, I will say I think they did a great job for the most part of adapting it, making it different Slightly enough. Different, yeah. But, you know, overall, you can only do so much to make it different without making it completely different that it'd be a whole different thing. I think people wouldn't like that either. We'll get to that with the manga adaptation, I think. Uh, All right. So you check that all out on the website. And then here's the big news. And uh, we'll kind of just give you a tease of it. And then we'll get to it in the topic. The Dragon Ball Super manga is moving ahead with more Shampa material, and we're not entirely sure if they're even going to do the Frieza arc in the Dragon Ball Super manga. Uh, we'll know more about that, actually, probably within about a week. Um, V-Jump is on the 21st of each month, so if people start leaking things. That's really kind of big. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I honestly hadn't even thought of. Right, the fact that- right. He's already he just pretty this. much adapted the movie, so are they really going to make him redraw the whole thing? A good portion of the uh, movie, anyway. So, yeah, right. so we'll see. All right, so we will get to that in more detail momentarily. It is time for our topic here, the Dragon Ball Super Manga, Running in V-Jump, by Toyotaro. So for a recap, Dragon Ball Super, that's a new series. That's airing on TV. Oh, you already knew that part. The Dragon Ball Super Manga is a separate adaptation of the same underlying base material. It's being serialized in V-Jump, which we've talked about a couple times. It's another magazine that Shueisha puts out. It's released pretty much on the 21st of every month, barring like a weekend or a holiday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's usually targeted towards video games. It is pr- very, primarily. Very heavily. Yeah. Yes. But it's their outlet for kind of cross-promotional advertising with all of their other stuff as well. And there are usually typically a few manga series that will run in it, but they you know, are heavily towards video games, so you'll get a lot of 
like codes and yeah, yeah. posters and and cards. Um, Lots of so it's not stuff. near like weekly Shonen Jump, which is almost entirely manga. Right, entirely, almost entirely manga with some advertisements. Yep. It's more advertorial, if that's a oh a better very way much to so. describe it. It's uh, <laughs> if you like pages and pages and pages of screenshots of video games. Right, <laughs> this is what you exactly. want. Uh, these kind of publications are very different uh, from what you remember over here, and at least for us in North America. Anyway, so this is being done by Toyo. Taro, who we mentioned a couple times, uh, initially came on the scene really with Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, which did run in V-Jump. It was 28 chapters plus a bunch of bonus material. And we're 99% sure that Toyotaro is Toyable of the Dragon Ball AF Dojinshi. Uh, you can check out our, our original update on that. He pretty much spelled it out in almost as many words. So uh, it's the word from the author himself there. That's how we arrived at that kind of ultimate decision. Toyotaro uh, wrapped that up and uh, it seemed like it was weird that Victory Mission was going on hiatus as we've talked about Dragon Ball Heroes has been so big but it turned out he was stopping that so he could do an adaptation of Revival of F Resurrection F for the pages of V-Jump. So he moved from one kind of new story. It was this introductory, because there's only three chapters, wasn't the whole movie, promotional manga for the Frieza movie. It was very similar to what they did for Battle of Gods. In a way, except uh, Naho Oishi oh, right. Oishi's did that one. kind of like 12 yeah. page-ish thing. Right, where it introduced the beginning of the movie. Uh, and so it served as our introduction to stuff before the movie came out. Uh, and I think we got the third chapter maybe as the movie was coming out, something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the early part really was our first look at the story of the movie. And that was weird because it was only the three chapters. And it was, okay, well, now what? And it turns out the now what is, all right, we're going to start doing Dragon Ball Super. So now Victory Mission is on permanent hiatus. It would seem that way, right? Um, th- I mean, the story was left wide open. Plenty of stuff they could go cover, but... Uh, well, and the good thing about that series is just the fact that it's not really continuity-based. It's well, more what was happening in the video game with y- a little bit yes of and no. story. I mean, I, that's what I mean. They it's ended kind up of, with a full story by the end. I don't think yeah. he, he knew what he was getting himself into. I love that it started, like, what? five pages no the first chapter was two pages two two, it pages. two pages next thing you knew it was right. like 24 exactly. like what so where i kind of want to start the rest of this discussion is talking about who's actually responsible for this because like we said it's a separate adaptation it's different than the dragon ball super tv series i mean the obvious thing is champa's in the manga not in the tv series a lot and the, the question people have had has been so What's Toriyama's story? Is Toriyama's story the TV series? Is Toriyama's story being used in the manga? Is it some kind of a weird combination of the two or elements taken from various things? This is the thing. We have no idea. We can speculate. I have a pretty good idea. Like, I feel pretty confident about it. What's your idea? For the most part, it is being based on what Toriyama has written, or at least what his rough draft was. Mm -hmm. But Toyotaro is doing his specialty of moving some things around Mm -hmm. and... Changing things up, right? Basically, um, he, he did it with the uh, Resurrection F yeah. manga, right? That right. He did. There, there were some differences from that from what was in the movie. You know, it it very well could be whatever the production notes are from Toei. Mm-hmm. They just give it to him, and then when they make changes, well, he doesn't have enough time because right. his is already done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know what the process is here. We can only speculate. I think it's just worth noting that we don't know what that process is, uh, and there's no way for us to really get in there. I wouldn't really be surprised if they just gave him literally bullet points Mm -hmm. of like, here's 12 bullet points of what's going to happen between this episode and this episode go with yeah, it yeah i think we'll talk a little bit about that in uh, episode one uh so we've talked about what it is who's behind it where it's being published it debuted in the august 2015 issue of v jump which was released in june and it's been running monthly ever since nice because that premiered just right before the first episode right so the manga like uh the frieza adaptation was our first look at what the story was going to be and we kind of held tight to that for uh a while until we got to see that first episode so before we actually jump into the chapter the only thing i want to lead in with here is uh one quote we have from toyotaro this is from the same issue august 2015 alongside the first chapter he said getting to see a new dragon ball anime series every week makes me too happy with this comicalization i want to make my own small contribution to the excitement so everyone please check out the manga too doesn't tell us much all we can kind of read between the lines is he gets to do things slightly differently which is what we've seen and that's almost what 
we kind of expected. Because that was the big discussion that we originally had when this was announced was, are people really going to want to read something Mm, that exactly you've already same. just watched or then watch exactly mostly just, just because you know it's a weekly anime series whereas the manga is yeah, yeah. monthly so it was gonna be what was the overlap you know we didn't know and it's so nice that we actually have a little something to go by now and i think that's what makes it different from the original dragon ball manga and the original dragon ball tv series where they were both weekly and one didn't start for quite some time after the original manga was done. Mm -hmm. So there was that buffer material. Of course, that led into filler. And that was, you know, wanting to tune in to see your favorite version. These were being produced pretty much simultaneously. So then what would be the point of telling the exact same story? So let's just get into it. Chapter one, pretty much the same as what we saw in episode one of Dragon Ball Super. Couple differences. No Goten and Trunks material. Their side adventures getting the water. So no real B story stuff. And we'll see that a lot in the Super manga Which adaptation. I can say is actually really kind of nice how it just mm -hmm. cuts from thing to thing. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more, especially once you start to get to like chapter three. It's, yeah, yeah. it's really nice how it flows. I think it worked well for this first chapter. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much in chapter three. That's very different. Yeah. But for the pace of this chapter and the material we saw in the TV series, TV series needed that extra, basically that extra 15 minutes to buffer things out and feel like a coherent show. Um, the one big difference, I mean, other than excluding material, the aliens that were completely different and Toyotaro always being clever, completely different thing going on, yet almost entirely the same. Somehow we got the soup. Yes, I jinkot pun which was genius which we're like why isn't this in episode one it's aliens it's sort of the same situation oh maybe we'll get different aliens that use that pun later so this seemed to be that like you were hinting at earlier bullet points aliens try to poison beerus move on yeah and he's really good at inserting a little tiny almost you would swear toriyama came up with it and i think that's a real testament to as we've seen in the past Toyotaro is very much a Toriyama fan through and through, and I think he knows his work so well. It's so easy for him to just fit these little puns in that totally yeah. just fly over your head. Sometimes I feel like he knows Toriyama's work too much and kind of yeah. slavishly adheres to like faux Toriyama style. I will admit that sometimes it's a detriment to what he's trying to do because he's trying to mm -hmm. mimic it almost too much and not. Right, so much and you kind of see yeah. through that mimicry. I think chapter one was fine for what it was mm -hmm. in in that area. Is there anything else to say about chapter one? Um, you know, we got to see Goku's image training with the fake Frieza and Cell and that kind and of stuff. That was but pretty cool. Overall, it was exactly the same. Um, pretty much the same beginning and end with Goku tractor. You know, peace reward. Mm -hmm. it, it was pretty much the first episode and so i think that started the conversation of man if the manga is only going to cover one episode at a time they're going to fall behind real freaking fast with four episodes yeah. into one month or the other worry was they're going to skip three every month right 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 <laughs> will they just skip ahead and you'll be expected kind of like victory mission did at first where it wasn't really a coherent story mm -hmm. they just jumped around um so i don't know what else we can say other than it was definitely a toyotaro chapter it looked like his art which is close to toriyama and he got to do a couple of his own things and that was just one chapter for a while we didn't know where we were heading and i thought it was a solid chapter to begin with. I agree. So I agree. it let itself do its thing, and we were left waiting for quite some time. What was chapter two going to be like? But we weren't too concerned about it because at that point we had the anime the already starting. So right. we're like, oh, there's a manga too. Hmm. Right. And then we had the Vegeta episodes. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that we were busy with. Yes. Uh, you say we had to wait so long. Well, we had to wait exactly one month because yeah. V-Jump comes out every month. Chapter two, uh, we basically skip all of episode two we don't get any of the vegeta family trip i can understand but it's also a little disappointing because you're like could you just give us like a little bit of it yeah, because yeah. it was so good i it, i really enjoyed episode two i mean i think back to our excitement over that episode here on the podcast and I, I think it was genuine and i i still think back fondly on those couple months ago but pretty much we jumped to episode three's goku material um nothing from episode four and then pretty much through all of episode five so this is where the super manga uh, we really get to see what its pace was going to be and it really picked up 
fast. It went zero to 60. Well, did it go fast or is the TV series too slow? I guess that's kind of the underlying conversation. Well, I think it's more of a, we want to try to stay with the TV series. So right, we're going to- for a month of the yeah, time. Cram yeah, cram all this in as much as we can, which is, is kind of hard in a way when he only has 14 to 15 pages to work with. Exactly. And who knows, like we were saying, what's being changed at what time made a production. It's kind of like, uh, we'll jump ahead just here real quick, but when it goes from uh, chapter two to chapter three, you know, the TV series really plays out Beerus showing up on the boat and, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out on the cruise liner with everybody and eating. And in the manga, I mean, it's literally, hey, I beat Goku. Boom. He's kicking Gohan's butt on the ship. Right. And Gotenks is already there. So you can just see all the stuff that the, the TV series really had to kind of pad out. Which is weird to say because it's not really filler material, but you almost have to explain how he got there. I guess you don't. We have to stick with chapter two because here's the big thing. Shampa's introduced in the manga in chapter two. Mid-chapter, not even at the end. Mid-chapter, right. As of our recording, with the TV series wrapping up the Battle of God's Retelling arc, Episode 14. other than the opening theme, Shampa has not appeared in the TV series. I know. Entirely new exclusive to the manga. And I think a lot of people were really disappointed because I remember even when he first appeared in the manga, everyone's like, sweet, he's going to appear like right away. And we were all just mm-hmm. waiting and waiting and people were speculating, oh, I bet episode five he's going to show up because that's kind of right. when he showed up in the, the manga. And and then not there. So like, OK, you know, maybe they'll switch things up a little bit. We'll still get him at some point. Still not there. It is weird, but we kind of have a hint. Maybe when he'll come, but we don't know. They're they're really taking his character and playing with all of our emotions, I feel like. Yeah, Which, yeah. in a way, is good advertising. So here, mid-manga release, we've talked about two chapters. We're not going to talk about every single little event because, I mean, we know what Battle of Gods is. And if you're staying up with Super, you know, it's pretty much the same thing, just on a ship. How do you feel so far about the Dragon Ball Super manga? About the manga... Um, After these two chapters, we talked about one, basically a one episode adaptation, mm -hmm. good pace. Chapter two really picks up the pace, covering multiple TV episodes while adding new material into the mix. Which props to him for even putting in new material when it's moving that fast. Um, Yeah, yeah. Chapter one, I thought was a, a nice solid chapter. Chapter two is where you honestly start to go, is this going to be going a little too fast or are you skipping a little bit but it still i think works well let's jump ahead to chapter three like you just mentioned we jump right into the middle of the story uh we've skipped beerus arriving in the pudding as the chapter starts boo has apparently already had the pudding and they're already fighting and gotenks is already formed we get super saiyan 3 gotenks here as opposed to the tv series that was the weirdest thing about Mm -hmm. the beginning of the chapter not so much that he just appeared but that he actually drew in them arguing over the pudding. I mean, clearly everybody knows what happened in the TV Mm -hmm. series and in the movie. You know about the pudding. But it's like, there's nothing leading up to it. Like, couldn't you just have him fighting? And that would save you a whole extra page almost. I feel like that's what starts to separate the manga, though, as more of a promotional item than its own coherence. It's still pretty coherent. But here we skip pretty much all the setup in episode six, then we get all of episodes seven and eight, but without any of that extra material. Uh, you notice we haven't mentioned Pilaf at all. None of the Pilaf material is here. We don't get Oolong playing rock, paper, scissors with Beerus. So none of that quote unquote padding is here. It's all just the most essential stuff to get across. And I guess I will say, I know I've heard a lot of people complain about Pilaf, but I really thought he would include them in the manga more of kind of he would give them a single panel to just like do something stupid. You show they're there, that they're part of it. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're not really getting that. And chapter three really starts introducing other stuff again, continuing with Shampa, um, the elder Kaioshi noticing that Shampa's out there in space, which we haven't gotten again, any of in the TV series. Um, And there in the TV series, there was a little bit of mention of, multiple universes early on with Weiss talking to um, those aliens and, mm-hmm. and the food. But he, no one has mentioned it to any of the main characters yet. Right, at this so point. So that is already one thing that has deviated from the movie, even itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say for chapter three, when it started to get into the Kaioshin realm and Champa being noticed, and mm-hmm. that's actually what I was hoping they would kind of do, where it 
does deviate from the series because this is what you're going to have to do to get a lot of fans i think to really pay more attention to the manga as something separate of i agree yeah oh my gosh what's going on like i want to know because honestly i do want to know <laughs> what the I hell's do going know on too and that's why i'm really curious about why this is going to be so different because well they still have to introduce champa in the tv series right right or are you going to be expected to have been reading the manga because that makes no sense no i i really don't think they could pull that off just because honestly uh, from what i've heard from people in japan most people don't even read v jump right like it's, at all it's, i mean it's big but it's not yeah that kind of big uh i think where i was going with this is in the manga here's where we get our mention of multiple universes so we got yep. a hint of it earlier with weeks in the tv series but here in the manga they're talking about champa um and they're talking about multiple universes because hello kaioshin from universe seven that's where it's the oh obviously there's different stuff going on here out in the larger dragon world and the other thing that i think is a a credit to the manga so far has been that yes champa has been appearing and Mm -hmm. been doing things and we're getting hints at what he's doing but there's still been absolutely no backstory to like who he is right what he actually is doing like what are the ends you know or what are the means to his end it's kind of like Right, what's his end game? We, we kind of get that he's looking for the quote unquote super Dragon Balls, mm-hmm. but what's he going to use them for? So it is kind of nice that we're introducing this character. You actually get to see him in the manga, yet we're still not really telling you anything about him, but you're still so drawn in. Yeah, and you're getting something about him. You see how he's, he seems a little more worse than Beerus. I know it's <laughs> yes. a terrible way to phrase things, but he definitely, not that Beerus is kind of this wonderful, nice guy. He, he sort of kind of is, but he's also pretty terrible. But Shampa's really seems to give less of a shit than anyone else. I would agree with that, which is actually, I think, a good thing. Something that uh, the series has been kind of missing Mm-hmm. For a little while, especially for fans that really liked, say, Vegeta when he first appeared. Right. I, right. And I think that really lends more to that. And I think we'll get into it more once they start training with Whis. Right. But. I think maybe part of the problem there is that Beerus's uh, the way he was introduced in Super was so different from Battle of Gods, where mm-hmm. he was made much more evil from the outset. He wasn't so much as this endearing antagonist character that we got in Battle of Gods. You, you kind of don't feel for him as much in Super. Yeah. And then, um, and there's one thing, even um, in Chapter 3, when Beerus first shows up on the cruise ship, and everyone's going to fight him, and Piccolo's about to step in, and Vegeta's just like, no, guys, he's a god of destruction. He does the, you know, literally spells it all out, but in those series and, and in the movie even, it's completely different. So that was one thing that I was kind of shocked at, but I really wasn't too shocked just because I knew they probably had to rush this real quick, and having Vegeta explain it in three panels was a lot faster. Yeah, it's a better way to do it. So let's jump into chapter four here. We pick up pretty much right where we left off in episode nine, which is covered in its entirety in one page. I think more so than chapter three, this mm-hmm. is the that one episode of Super where pretty much nothing happens getting Goku up to Super Saiyan God. They do it in a couple panels. They're like, oh, and Vidal was pregnant. Which is honestly the way it should have been done in the series. But <laughs> I think uh, chapter four is the, the, the huge showcase for just how different they are and how fast this needs to be. We learn more about what Shampa's up to. Apparently the Namekian Dragon Balls are not what he has in mind. The Kaibushin were worrying about that. Um, the fight ends more or less like Battle of Gods, which is a little bit different from what we just wound up with in Super with the whole falling asleep thing just being slightly different. Which is pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's different, so I'm glad it was different. But it totally fits in with the character. Right. I think this is one of those situations where Toybull probably, I said Toybull, you did. didn't know, didn't get enough information. It's like, well, it's probably going to be like Battle of Gods, right? So I'll do it like that. And it ended up being a little bit different. The way this chapter ends with Shampa, with the Frieza material, very different. Do you think this is how the TV series will introduce Shampa within an episode or two? It, as far as what? You mean like similar to how it was in manga, just placed differently? Right. Chronologically? 
and this being the TV ver is do you think this is where the TV series will introduce Shampa like this? Uh, or will they go back to the stuff we've already seen with the Kyoshi noticing Shampa? Like how do you think they're gonna mine Shampa for the TV gosh, series? That, I have no idea. That's a hard no question because they could really do it anyway. Um they may go a similar route, but geez, I don't know. They could they could have the Kyoshin just notice that he's out doing something and Beerus would be asleep so he wouldn't notice. So he wouldn't notice. Right. In the manga, they're worried or at least Shampa's attendant is, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you keep this up. Beerus is going to notice. Yeah. I think I, I won't speculate exactly how they're going to introduce him, but I do think as we basically get into the initial stages of Frieza's revival, he will start to be introduced or at least hinted at in hinted some at way finally around then yeah. yeah rather than waiting for the frieza arc retelling to be done mm-hmm. and then us being another few months of when the hell is this character going to well show and up? there's been heavy speculation about was shampa actually introduced to somehow help revive frieza within the mm-hmm. tv series which i think would be an interesting take on it because if you kind of take some of the hints out of the manga where he wants him to be distracted so that he right, can go off right. and do what he can do well say beerus falls asleep and champa's just going to go do whatever but randomly some science are on his planet and they right, woke and him up, up and, and now he's like yep, yep. now i need something what do i do oh i'll just revive this guy you know i'll help that this guy totally back, i think yeah. could could work i don't know if that's how they're going to spin it but right i mean he picks up on that these guys are looking for wish orbs maybe mm-hmm. they have what I, oh no they're different well all right i'll let you guys use those i'll go find the ones i need so yeah, mm. uh, it could okay. be interesting. I'm, but I am looking forward to it. This is the kind of stuff that you know keeps it going, right? I do want to point out just one thing uh, mm-hmm. it's from chapter three. That panel where Shampa and his attendant turn around and look back <laughs> through th- the orb. Yes, that that was just so amazing looking. I think it was so well constructed and hysterical. That is what I want from this story. That was so good, and the dialogue was like mm-hmm. perfect. Of well, I told you. Oh, and the yeah. whistling, like, oh no, we didn't what? hear anything. No, uh, I don't he, really believe you. He but... buys it. Yeah, yeah, that was good. All right, so um, something we were talking about earlier, we hinted at the the news here with Dragon Ball Super in the manga is. Are they even going to do the Frieza arc? Here's the quote. This was in Weekly Shonen Jump. They kind of did a little tease of it. Speeding up the excitement of the TV anime even more. Check out this completely new Dragon Ball manga series. They're talking about Super over in V-Jump. Toyotaro Sensei tears it up in V-Jump. Charging on ahead of the TV series, the Shampa arc starts up. Dragon Ball Super is in the midst of a successful run on TV, and you'll be able to read what's up ahead for the TV show in the manga running in V-Jump. What's the goal of the unknown entity, Shampa? So here's the thing here. They've already introduced Shampa, so yeah, they're moving ahead with Shampa material, but the way they phrase it here... Is there almost implying that they're going to be skipping and if you think about what we talked about earlier again i keep saying what we talked about earlier because i hope we set the stage were you paying attention kids right before dragon ball super in the same magazine toyotaro already did a good portion of the frieza movie so would he redraw the exact same thing again, even if it had new Shampa material. That does seem a little bit redundant. And if the Dragon Ball Super manga is supposed to be a different entity, at least from a promotional standpoint, maybe jumping ahead makes sense. And would it also, I think, drive a lot more people to watch the TV series? To both watch the TV series and read. So as a promotional tool, I think that's actually the best thing they could possibly do right now again we don't know entirely their announcements are kind of announcements for announcements <sighs> of please read they can be out. so vague sometimes <laughs> it's there are times i go back and forth with jake and julian i'm like well we can spell it out a little more and they just go no no really it's, can't. it's that vague it's sorry yeah it's, yeah it's tough reporting on this stuff sometimes because we really don't know what they're trying to say so we have these four chapters battle of gods arc has been retold in manga and now pretty much in the tv series so let's talk a little bit more holistically about the dragon ball super manga adaptation do you feel that it served its promotional purpose so far it sounds like it did from everything we talked about where we're kind of excited about its new story elements and we keep wishing for them in the tv series um i've i mean i found myself at at one point at least saying gosh i think it was after chapter three that 
I almost wish this was weekly. I mean, mm, I would yeah. I, I would hate it because we that's a lot more pages we would have to make. Oh, but it, from a fan standpoint, it was just kind of like I I really want to keep going with this. So I think for the most part, it has met its purpose, and I think it does well enough as a promotional item to set itself apart and be different enough to make you interested in it. Um, yeah. It's definitely not something anyone that's not a Dragon Ball fan or with the series is going to go out of their way to go get. But, I agree. Um, I think it's a, a better product for the really dedicated fans, and I think for the, you know, watch Dragon Ball as a cool show, I think the Dragon Ball Super TV show does a better job. Yes. For me, I, I do get more excited reading the manga. And... Uh, I think part of that even for me is more of a, I don't, I guess, nostalgia sort of thing. I, it's mm. really nice just having like a, a monthly manga chapter that I can just sit down and read. I'm so used yeah. to pulling some some manga off the shelf and, and reading that. It's yeah, so I, much I like it from that faster. <laughs> the manga also does not have Sumitomo's dreadful musical well, score. Yeah, there's that. So that helps. Um, Heath, my next question. We talked about this a little bit. Do you think Shampa was originally intended, there's that phrase, originally intended to be introduced earlier, if not much earlier? And maybe did that change? And I, I asked that You're because, saying within the TV series. Yeah, within the TV series. Was there a plan to introduce him early in the TV series? Not just because we see him in the manga, but we got animated promo shots of what looked like him arriving on the Kaioshin realm. It's, it's like pretty much that exact same framing. And we do have that shot of him and Beerus talking together, which we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Um, knowing Toei, I would say no. I don't think he was originally intended to be introduced that much earlier. Um, mm -hmm. That's more of what I would perceive as a promotional gag to get you excited and talking about the series before its premiere. Will that footage ever actually exist in the TV series? Oh, very much. I think I think it'll appear at some point. That seems weird to me that they would develop that. Oh, I'm sure trailer, it was but take it from a later. very simple cut. That yeah, I mean, there wasn't much motion, so. No, at all. Um, a static background with, yeah, one was I a pan shot. Two of the characters moved, uh, mostly facial expressions. And All right, fair enough. Yeah, um, I could totally see that maybe getting hashed out a little more within the series, as far as they kind of reanimated a little. But mm -hmm. I'm sure Tadayoshi could bang out that storyboard in like a tenth of a second and draw You're on it. a first name basis with yeah, the guy. I am okay. So you think <laughs> this? What we see was the plan all along. I think so. And going back to the manga, I think that as a promotional tool, they said we should probably incorporate this, or at least Toyotaro decided that was something that should be done to kind of give people something to look forward to, to keep going. Um, yeah. Because would you honestly really want to read the manga every month if, if it was, the same, it was yeah. exactly the same? I don't think he gets that executive call. He's probably told well, yeah. what to do, but yeah. Um, we already talked about this. No peel-off material, no real B-story stuff. Mm -hmm. um, like you were saying, they pretty much had to do this if they weren't going to fall months and months behind. And I, I didn't really mention it before, but I'm fine with him not being in the manga. I, that doesn't really hurt me in any way. Um not really missing him, and I'm not at all surprised that all the B-story content is being excluded because yeah. there's just not enough. I, it's not if, if they were going to give him 30 pages and he could draw it, then I think that's one thing. But the way it looks, um, they're going with a standard serialized manga vis-a-vis -vis Weekly Shonen Jump, which is about 14 to 15 pages in there somewhere. I think we can get used to not having that sort of material. Which, which is fine. I mean, it it does help, I think, make the manga progress much better. And I do like that it does kind of jump. Because, like we talked about, it, I, I think it's very largely, and I don't know how you would even debate this, very largely targeted at already Dragon Ball fans. And yes. uh, you're going to know what happened in between some of these breaks. This is, some of them aren't even set up that bad. I mean, the fact that he appears on the ship and he's already fighting them. Yeah, we know he's kind of a douche already and, you know. Yeah, like you were talking about earlier, V-Jump, I mean, it's a big publication, but not everyone in Japan is reading it. The, the readership of V-Jump not only has seen Battle of Gods, but has played Xenoverse, has played probably Battle of Z before mm -hmm. it, has been playing Heroes, 
Discross, they know what's going on. Pokemon, Digimon. All the Mons. All the Mons. So, general art quality, I mean, Toyotaro, we know what to expect at this point. He's mm-hmm. very much the, I kind of see his art as the in-between Cell and Boo arc kind of yeah. inspiration. It's angular, but still shorter than then. Yeah, I think he's really come more into his own with it while trying to stick to very Toriyama-esque yeah, I, I agree, but um, I feel like he's stuck between time yes, periods. And yeah. He, he can't help himself and he can't help what the series has become. But I, I've gotten the impression that a lot of his work looks far less traced and yeah. he, he's done a much better job lately of making things look a little more fluid. Um, I don't know how else better to say that. But. I agree. There's, there's still things that, like, hands mm-hmm. Toriyama's way yeah. better at than Toyotaro. It's, it's definitely not, oh my gosh, they, they found his successor and right. long live Toyotaro. No, it's he does a decent enough job at what they're asking him to do. Talked about the pacing, talked about the revelations of the new material. So I, I kind of don't know what else to talk about. It's been fascinating to follow along. It, it's so nice that we have these two different versions. Well, I think the, the one question that I haven't really seen too many people ask, and I have been curious myself, um, okay. you know, like with uh, Victory Mission, that has not been, it, it's been serialized, but it has not been collected into a volume. And I'm really curious if they're going to take this material and actually, you know, volumize it and and sell it. Yeah, Naho Uishi, some of her bonus material does make its way into the Dragon Ball SD collected volumes. We've had three of those so far. Um, Things even like, I think just the the one-pagers, those get collected over there. Toyotaro doesn't have anything Mm -mm. like that. I don't think any Um, of his work has been published no it's 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 been um victory mission then the three chapters revival of f it's gotten digital releases yeah um over on the jump plus app and your promotional codes and that kind of stuff victory mission they did release all in one batch if you happen to get it at the time the frieza chapters went up digitally they were free for a while on the jump site for about a month at a time um after the next one came out. So there's been sort of really, but this is the thing where Japan, they don't go all in. They talk the big talk about we're entering the new era, yeah. but you can't just buy the stuff you want. I, I just think it'd be interesting. Uh, the only thing was, you know, they usually collect like 12 volumes or uh, 12 chapters per volume. So yeah. we wouldn't even know till summer sometime next year anyway. Right. So well, I'll keep I mean, my hopes up. At this point, I'm on the lookout for Dragon Ball SD4 before anything oh, else. Oh, I mean, yeah. We're the the only that. thing that's we weird about it. that is now that that's bi-monthly. I know. It's like, <laughs> how often are these going to come out? I think the last thing I want to talk about with uh, Super and the manga versus the TV series, I, I think this just leads into the what is just becoming larger and larger of a topic. And I understand why it's so large a topic. That is, what is the canon? What is the true canonicity <laughs> for the series? Because <laughs> yes. we have these two simultaneous versions of the exact same story. We have Toriyama talking about it as if it's his story. People don't understand how the TV series is being created versus the manga. People, I'm not saying people, our audience generally knows how this is all being made i say people as you know out there in the ether of the internet you're speaking of general fandom and general fandom like oh well there's a manga so the manga's canon right like well you know they're coming from the same base story it's actually written and drawn by this other guy who was not toriyama like well so what's toriyama's story is it the tv version well yeah it's the tv version is it the manga only oh, yeah, it's the manga too like we don't have from the pen of the author himself as we had for the manga recently, things like Jocko, the redone script for Battle of Gods, the actual full script for the Frieza movie. It's it's such a more difficult conversation with Dragon Ball Super, and I don't think we thought, or I don't think we knew we were getting ourselves into that. It seemed like, oh, Toriyama's giving us new story. Clearly, the answer is simple. Well, like most things with Dragon Ball, there is no simple canon discussion here at all. Well, it's just a realm that we've never really been in before. Um... Just because usually the default answer is, well, just go back to the manga. But you can't yeah, yeah. do that here. So I think eventually someday we may get some sort of clarification per se in a guide. I doubt it. In a guidebook. I doubt it. I know I'm not I'm not saying like a clear cut, but there may be like little 
you know, where they show notes of Toriyama wrote this memo saying, do this. Sure. Okay. And, Maybe, and yeah. that's all I'm thinking we would get. Nothing that's clearly going to spell out, oh, these five things in the episode were Toriyama, everything else we made up. I say we bring it to a close because I don't know how much more my voice can take tonight. I say we just, we talk about canon for the next, I, you know, I got at least 15, 20 minutes. I do not. I'm going to go crash. It's been a pleasure. I'm sorry that the episodes cannot come out uh, as frequently as we like them to, especially as we approach the 10 year anniversary of the show. I know. And shortly after that, episode 400 of the show. Again, I say the podcast to me still feels like the new portion of the website. And it really is. In a way. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Going back to the full history of the site, yeah, the podcast is the new part of the site, but even that is a decade now. Uh, I know I've been saying this every other episode, but to me, it feels like it's been so long in between episodes, it doesn't feel like I just said it, so sorry. Time flies when you're having fun. We will continue to try to do as many podcast episodes as we can, whenever we can, with all the great people we can. And trust us, we we are trying. (laughs) We We are trying. We spend a lot of time coordinating and then we do. And it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Something happens. There's a lot of Konzenju kids right now. So that yeah. complicates things. Adulthood. Uh, Heath, anything before we uh, call it quits here you want to talk about with the site? Something um, to check out going the, the on? The site is still running. It's it is. there. It's- trucking along <laughs> i check it every once in a while episode pages for super we're doing okay with news right yeah, now we're up to episode 13 of super 14 should be up shortly i tried my best all week to work on manga guide stuff yeah. and it just did not happen we I'm started so doing that um it's been a lot of collaborative work of hey i'm starting this can you do this okay right. i'll go do this and so once again, we have a lot of stuff going on, none of which can see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it gets done eventually. Hey, the Freezy movie came out in Japan. Put it did. Of that that, was, that was awesome. Um, which we're working on that page because the storyboard book that came with it revealed oh God, quite a bit talk of things. Talk about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I believe you mean the storyboard book. Yes, I do. I still can't believe that they actually, I figured, you that know. That they went through with it, that, I know. When it first appeared on Amazon Japan, it was like, okay, I understand it's a typo, but it's all promotional. Like They just digitally create that. They're not taking a photo of an actual product. It's not the final (laughs) template, right? So you think somebody would catch that. Apparently, they can spell Freezer right everywhere. So <laughs> I can spell freezer right, but not bored. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Funimation's release uh, the 20th is a big day. Extreme mm-hmm. Toden in the US and Funimation's release of the movie. Uh, there's already a digital download dub and sub that you can get off of iTunes. I think it's up in the PlayStation Which store. Which was really weird because yeah, it wasn't promoted at all. And then yeah, people strange. like found it and you can get it with subtitles. I was like, right. oh my God. I think so. the credits are in Japanese on that version too. If I yeah. remember reading that. So Well, they're translated. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. All right. Which is always weird. That has been one of my contentions. I wanna if anyone out there knows who does Funimation's English credits, like the translated Japanese credits, I would love to meet this person because you buy I, with them? I have You're doing your job. No, I have qualms because <laughs> Oh, you do? They, they put things out of order and like move them around. And then if you look at the Japanese credits, it'll be like Bondo Namkai. And then they will. Or, oh, my gosh. Bondo Namkai. I am. Don't even <laughs> listen to me. So it'll say like Toei Animation. And then they'll list three producers. Yeah. Well, on, on the English sub, it'll say Toei Animation, Bondi. And then they do that. And then all the names come after that. Well, they're associating them with the company in the Japanese one. In the English, they're just all strewn about so you have no idea who works for i say this with the most love possible heath nobody cares i know literally (laughs) the only person and i mean that in the best way because it would drive me up the freaking wall too oh it does i just i go through i'm like are you kidding me and there is no order at all if you're trying to compare them so hysterical they did the same thing with battle of gods but. So, yeah, there's all the regular pages in the news and stuff. Um, something I guess I'll preemptively plug. Uh, I have an interview that was with me, not one that I conducted. I was interviewed by Geekdom 101. It was actually a while ago. I remember most of what we talked about. 
but not all of what we talked about. So now I'm worried like, crap, what did I say? <laughs> it's one of those situations. Um, by the time you listen to this, it's probably coming up soon. Um, that interview, I believe, is going up this Friday, which is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. That'll be October 16th. Uh, I believe he puts up his interviews. 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, he did a series called Icons of the Dragon Ball Community. So I'm very honored to have been considered that. I don't know any of those people. That's part of my problem, how I know I'm old and out of touch. I have maybe heard of one of the other people, and that's scary to me because, and this is something he's been talking, I've been listening to the interviews since then, so I can learn who these people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Geekdom Danny does a great job explaining how there are all these pockets of Dragon Ball fandom that don't know the other exists. Yes. And so I'm really happy that he's taken this opportunity to introduce everyone to each other, not necessarily these icons, because I still haven't talked to these people but the audiences of all these people can all come together and learn about each other yeah it's just it's weird because i'll even admit within my fandom if you essentially weren't around from 1998 to 2000 i really don't know know who you are i know we're awful that's just the way it was and i love somebody posted something about the uh consent blog and i was like since when do we run a blog i know that's the new thing and everybody well, has that's the thing we've talked about is consent is a relic of the internet i past. know no one knows really what a fan site like what there we aren't run is things like us anymore and so i'm incredibly proud of what we have but we don't offer what people want which is <laughs> short discussions posted every single day you mean we're stuck in our ways we are stuck in our yeah. ways i think i mean if you're listening to us now, if you visit our site now, you agree that we have something valuable to offer. I continue to think that. And I talked to, uh, a lot about that. Listen to the goddamn interview. It goes up Friday. I'm sure it was fine. I'm sure I didn't offend too many people. Um, check that out. So thank you for considering me an icon of the community. Obviously, there are people before me. I'm so glad that Danny remembers people like Wuken and Curtis Hoffman. And maybe someday one of us can actually go back to those first generation American fans and get some of those stories. Talk too much about this. Check that out. Check out Konzenchu, all the social media stuff. I have to wrap it up. I have been Mike. That has been Heath. This has been episode 389 of our podcast, Konzenchu, www.konzenchu.com. You know where it is. Heath, wrap it up. Thanks for joining us for another spectacular podcast episode of Konzenchu. We'll be back in your ears soon, we hope. The end. さあ、皆さん、しゃべれば命の泉ワクワク<笑>